What's up, guys? Welcome back to the DNVR Draft Pod presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download it today. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. We are talking mock drafts. We are talking linebackers. We are talking safeties. I'm Justin Michael. I'm back for the first time in a couple of weeks. I've been locked in on hoops. I'm here with my man, Jake Schwanitz. Really good to see him. It's been far too long. I've missed him. I know he's tired, but he is powering through. And uh, we're going to get right on into it here. But first things first, man. You doing all right? Spring ball, it, it's it's a test of your strength and willpower because it's after basketball and the grind of that and football and the overlap like around Christmas time and Thanksgiving. It's it's a process. Yeah, uh, it's been a lot of learning over the last eight months um, and just like kind of taking the hits as they come. And uh, I, it's amazing how, you know, basketball season kind of snuck up on me during football season. Now spring football sneaking up on me towards the end of basketball season. Um, but it's been a lot of fun, man. I hope, uh, you've been having as much fun with spring football as I have. Um, I'm really ready for August. Honestly, I can't wait for football season already. Yeah. I mean, I feel like spring is always the most exciting when you have a new coach or a new quarterback. CSU had both last year. CU obviously has both this year. So a little less excitement around spring ball up, you know, in, uh, Fort Collins, but Still, you know, plenty of excitement just for the season as as a whole. I think there's reason to believe both of these teams are going to be a lot better than they were the last couple of years. So it, it's going to be fun. We'll talk about it plenty over the summer, especially as we get into the season and stuff. Uh, but let's get into it. It's mock season. Mel Kuyper released his third mock. So did Daniel Jeremiah. Let's just start with Kuyper, I suppose. What stands out to you? I guess for me, it's the fact that he has four QBs going in the top five. He has Richardson going five to the Seahawks. That would be interesting after they just signed Geno, but maybe a good situation because he wouldn't have to play right away. He does have Stroud going number one overall, followed by Bryce Young, and then Will Levis after Indy trades up. What are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, interesting with the trade up here, um, especially with Indy. Isn't this only one slot too? They're at fourth overall, just trading up to three. Um, so that's interesting in and of itself, because I don't think the Cardinals pose any threat of drafting a quarterback. Obviously, maybe it's just Kuiper trying to, you know, maybe get the Colts ahead of another team who's trying to trade up, but he also has Stroud going first overall over Bryce young. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, four QBs in the top five, I think this is, we haven't really seen this too much in a lot of mocks with these quarterbacks going, you know, this high all in a group like this. I do think this is what we're going to see something similar to this when the draft actually comes in April. Um, some interesting picks down the line though, uh, cornerbacks, tons of cornerbacks going in both of these mocks, uh, Emmanuel Forbes up to 16th to the commanders. He's a guy that Dre and I really liked and talked about a lot last week. He's just rail thin. I mean, I think he weighed in at what? 166, 167 or something like that. So uh great. Cover That's what skills, I weigh, man. Yeah, seriously, same. It's crazy. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba up there at 20 to the Seahawks. So they get Richardson and Jackson Smith and Jigba would be a fun pairing. That's uh, wide receiver Zay one, Flowers. isn't it? I think so, yeah. Zay Flowers at 22 to the Ravens also. It's a, it's an interesting mock. I like this one a lot. What do you think about it, though? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess if Indy is going to move up, it's probably at the threat of somebody else making a move because Arizona, you know, they're locked in with, with Murray. They do have the the possibility of kind of getting a nice little haul there, especially if 
Stroud and and young Dugo one too because at that point it, it's mm-hmm. you know the best of what's left and if you're desperate for a quarterback it's probably the position you have to be in. It is interesting to me that the the first wide receivers Jackson Smith and Jigba all the way at twenty. Not that he goes wide receiver one. I think he's plenty talented. Just that no wide receivers go in the top nineteen after what we've seen in the last couple of years. There is a nice little run on receivers after that. Zay Flowers twenty two. Your guy to Baltimore. Quentin Johnston to Minnesota at 23. That would be really fun, especially now that they don't have Thielen, him and Jefferson on on the opposite sides of each other. Good luck. Um, And then Addison at 25 to the Giants. A lot of tight end love. That would make sense, I guess, if this receiver class is not as hot as these last couple of ones. The fact that you have a couple of really talented tight ends. He has uh, Darnell Washington going at the end of the first round to Cincy. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, Kincaid going to the Chargers would be scary as a Broncos fan. Mayor to Detroit at 18. What do you think about that? That offense was already pretty electric. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's just the obvious plug-and-play replacement for TJ Hawkinson. They had that trade last year with the Vikings. Um, and Mayer, I think, you know, profile is pretty similar to Hawkinson. Maybe not as nasty in the blocking as Hawkinson was coming out of college. Um, but in terms of being a vertical threat and a red zone threat, I love that. And then a very interesting pick, I think, here at 27, the Buffalo Bills getting Bajan Robinson. Um, last year, we saw a lot of these mock drafters, you know, kind of throwing, um, you know, before we were this late in the process, but in like December, they were giving them Isaiah Spiller, uh, Brees Hall, you know, all these guys who were potential first round guys uh, at the end of last season. Um, and it really feels like still running back is the one piece that this offense is missing for Buffalo. You have James Cook from last year. They did sign Damian Harris, but adding Bijan Robinson as like that all around back for Josh Allen to check down to and just hand it off to uh, would be, it'd be a lot of fun. I love that fit. That'd be like a Madden offense with yeah, Stephon Diggs on the outside and Bijan in the backfield, a tank of a human and Josh Allen at quarterback. That's, yeah. that's a Madden offense or that's straight out of, uh, what I would design in NCAA 2014 or something. Right. right. Um, Brian Brissy going at 29 to the saints too. Um, that one feels pretty fitting because they always try and, you know, draft trenches, especially under Sean Payton. And we're learning here in Denver now, that's how it's been going, but keeping with that formula, Brissy, one of those five-star guys from a few years ago, I believe it was class of 2020. Um, but just a guy who fits in that role. I thought that was an interesting pick too, but uh, interesting mocks here, man. Yeah. There's a lot of corner love. You, you started to talk about it a little bit at the beginning there. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, what is the reaction amongst CU people, RK maybe in particular of how high Christian Gonzalez seems to be going in the NFL draft? Yeah, I think, I think it's it's kind of gone full circle, right? Because you know, in twenty or in twenty twenty one, when he was a freshman um, at CU and he played really well, and it was like, wow, this guy is like jumps off the tape. How good he is! Then of course he leaves, and it's like, ah, oh, he wasn't that good anyway. But now it's kind of full circle. Like, yeah, this guy actually may be, uh, if not the best corner in the draft, top three easily for sure. So um, it's just kind of, I think RK is just kind of like, let it go at this point. Um, he's not worried about it too much. I mean, you have Travis Hunter and Cormani McLean now. Can't complain too much, I guess. Who is your cornerback one? So I gave it to Christian Gonzalez. Um, 
when we talked about it last week, I just thought, or what I told Dre is just, I thought he was the most connected in terms of lower body and uh, uh, upper body and just mirroring players and coverage. Um, he's got the speed as we saw at the combine. Uh, he's got the length, got the size. Yeah, he gets burnt. Yeah, it's a little rough at times. I mean, Jordan Tyson burnt him in the CU game this last year uh, for like an 80-yard touchdown. But it 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 happens. And it, when we go to the Den Jeremiah mock, uh, the fit that he put him in was to the Falcons at eight. So teaming up with A.J. Terrell, and I think that those guys are actually really similar to Christian Gonzalez and A.J. Terrell. You know, both of them coming out were really, really smooth guys, lockdown guys that were just kind of getting burnt. Um and it's just something you kind of live with sometimes with these, I guess, more technical cornerbacks. Sometimes they literally just lose reps. It happens. Um, and AJ Terrell's emerged as like a lockdown guy in the NFL, but he still has those moments in the NFL too. So um, just interesting to see the the varying opinions. Uh, Devon Weatherspoon, I think, is right on his tail too. Who would you have CB1? Probably Witherspoon as, as much as, I mean, I, I think Gonzalez is phenomenal. After that Georgia game, though, I just had a lot of questions about him, and he obviously recovered yeah. really well as the season went on. I just think it's interesting how much his stock has risen this year. Doing what he did at the Combine certainly helps. I still love Joey Porter Jr. I, I just yeah, I love the physicality of it, and obviously his dad being a CSU legend probably factors into my heart subconsciously, but I just think he's a dog, and he fits really well. You need a guy like that that, you know, he's probably going to get some unnecessary roughness penalties, a couple of uh, holding flags from being too handsy here and there, but he's going to get in your head. Right. I mean, that's just like, that's what Dre and I talked about last week. This is just kind of the calling card of this class, this cornerback class, a lot of grabbing, very handsy class, very physical, um, which is why I think I put Christian Gonzalez at number one, because I thought he was the cleanest in terms of technique and just being an all around cover guy. Whereas a lot of these guys are very grabby and you're going to be just having to live with some of these PI calls that they give. That's a good point. That's definitely a good point. What stands out to you about Daniel Jeremiah's mock? So DJ went Bryce Young first overall uh, to the Panthers. And I think, you know, we talked about this towards the end of the regular season, right? Dre and you were on it, you know, empty the account and Bryce Young to go first overall. And then it kind of switched when this trade happened because of the video of McCown with Stroud and all that. And now it's like out of control. I mean, Bryce's last I saw was like plus 200 plus 250. Um, and I still think that's amazing value because he's the best quarterback in this class. Um, and DJ's laid it out straight out right there. Uh, Anthony Richardson at four to the Colts, um, which is an interesting fit because I think that means he'd probably start right away. And then uh, we get Will Levis way, way down here at 19th overall to the Bucks. So kind of different from what we saw in Kuiper's mock, um, but still four first-round quarterbacks that we expect. That'd be a bad spot for Richardson if he's playing year one. Quarterback, sorry. Yeah. Who, who's the fifth? So we have Hendon Hooker at 23, 23 to the Vikings, too. Oh, I missed that one. That'd be a nice little spot. Although, like... Mm -hmm. At his age, is he really going to be a stash quarterback? Unless he's just a backup. But why would you take a backup in the first round? It's weird, man, because the age factors in and you want to get him on the field, but then you have the ACL injury. Um, and then you just, you know, I have concerns just about the offense he's coming from. It's really just, you know, 
deep shots and RPOs and just easy processing stuff. I think he may have a little bit of an adjustment period in terms of NFL offenses. Um, but I guess it's it's not a fit. I hate if I'm being honest. It would somewhat fall in line with Minnesota's tendency to draft a random quarterback that's seemingly just the complete opposite of Kirk Cousins. <laughs> true. Very true. <laughs> I think Young's got to go one. I mean, I, I just, I understand the concerns about his his size, but from what we've seen out of those two over the years, I just, it's crazy to me. I, I could see it with Stroud. If Levis somehow, I've already done this rant a million times. If it's Levis, I'm just not going to watch the rest of the first round. But I, I don't know. It would be interesting in at that point. if after all this hype, for Stroud, like it just ends up being the chalky pick in Bryce Young. Yeah, for sure. And I, th- I mean, that's what I would do if I had the first overall pick. It's pretty clear and easy to me. I'm going Bryce Young. I mean, he's just the most, I mean, intangible quarterback in this draft. His just constant ability to come through in the clutch, have these just insanely uh, poised and um, confident moments back there at quarterback. I think he does that more often than anyone else. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba in this mock, also the first receiver taken, but all the way up at 11th to the Titans. I thought that was pretty interesting. That definitely stood out, as did Bijan going 14 to the Pats. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like that? Like, I don't, it's such a, I, I could see him doing well, but it's always been the running back by committee approach up there. Right. Um, which makes it really strange. Um, and he puts in his little blurb, you know, the Patriots don't think like every other franchise. And it's true, but I don't know if they'd lean, you know, that hard against the green after what they've done all these years. You know, Ramondre Stevenson uh, came out, what was it, two years ago? And this was a guy like in the fourth round. Like they just find these guys all the time. Um, Damian Harris was a guy like that, too. It'd be interesting. And I think that's a that would be kind of a like a feather in the cap for the Mac Jones fans. You know, I think that would be a a pick that endorses him in a way as opposed to, um, I mean, they're not going to draft a quarterback, but I think they would, you know, more likely go defense or something else. Uh, Maybe try and, I don't want to say tank, you know what I mean? But uh, just kind of let the chips fall where they may with Mac Jones. But in this instance, taking Bijan, I think that's kind of an endorsement of him. Quickly, where are you at with Mac Jones stock? Buy or sell? I think it's so low at this point. I'm actually going to buy. Um, I don't think he's as bad as a lot of people think. And there was a weird thing with him and Zappy last year and uh, the injury and all that. I just, I don't completely buy into the QB controversy stuff just yet. It'd be nice if he could have, you know, an actual offensive coordinator. <laughs> that would help. Yeah. <laughs> the last thing I'll say is it, does seem like everybody predicts the Chiefs to get an edge rusher, which would make sense after what they lost in free agency. Yeah, so Will McDonald in this mock uh, from DJ, and Will McDonald's an absolute animal. Once we get to edge players, um, he's going to be a guy we talk about a lot. Mel Kuyper gave him Felix Anadiki Ozama from Kansas State. Um, I, as long as they don't get you know one of these Jordan Addison or one of these first-round receiver types, or Bijan, I think that we can all agree that we don't want any of those guys going to Kansas City. So I could live with an edge um, 
Although Will McDonald is is a bit of a beast, man. I think he'd be a problem. Felix is my guy. I've been high on him since the summer. You have been. Yeah. You've been on him. Seems like only one running back, though, at least based on the current projections. Not a lot of Jameer Gibbs love of late, which is weird to me with how complete of a player he is. Right. Yeah, it's kind of strange. He has fallen out of this first round range. I mean, what was the... uh, it was a Todd McShay mock or something like that that had the Broncos taking him with their first second round pick um, a while ago. And we were kind of talking about that. It feels like that's kind of been the range he settled in at. Um, it's it's interesting, though, because it's, as you mentioned, he's pretty complete and just his value as a pass catcher, I feel like would make him valuable, you know, in that at least top 40 area, which is, I guess, where he is. But not seeing him in the first round anymore is a little weird. Uh, I'll add in at number 27, again, the Buffalo Bills. I really love this fit. Getting Quentin Johnston. I mean, you can't just give Josh Allen the like best combination of size and speed at receiver in this class. That's kind of unfair. <laughs> um, but uh, it'd be a lot of fun to watch. Him opposite of Stephon Diggs, much like if he lands in Minnesota, opposite of JJF, that would just be, mm-hmm. that'd be epic. Um Whatever you guys want, you can bet on it with our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They have some props right now for the NFL Draft. CJ Stroud, the heavy favorite to be the number one overall pick, minus 330. Bryce Young, plus 225. Is it worth anybody? I mean, Will Anderson at plus 15,000 feels crazy just with how talented he is, but it's there's no way Carolina doesn't take a quarterback, right? Unless they trade out of this pick. And who would trade out to take and that'd be too much like that draft day movie. Right. <laughs> for sure. No, it's it's definitely between Stroud and uh, Young for me. And not only because it's the plus money, but I think he's just the better quarterback. I think I take Bryce Young on that bet. First wide receiver selected. Also, Jackson Smith and Jigba heavy favorite minus 250. Quentin Johnston at plus 550 is intriguing. For sure. I mean, I don't think these wide receivers are, uh, you know, as nailed down as that line may suggest, I could definitely see um, Quentin Johnson being the first wide receiver taken. And, you know, if a team falls in love with one of these slot guys, Addison or um, Zay Flowers, um, especially if we see these receivers as a whole tend to drop or drop like we did in the, uh, the Kuiper mock where they were down at like pick 20 or so, it could definitely be one of those guys too. Whatever you do, make sure you're betting with our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Now is the time, again, to get those futures in for the NFL Draft. Get your baseball bets in. We still have some time on March Madness, although it is running out. It it, it breaks my heart every year. I'm not going to lie. I love this tournament so much. It's been amazing. Looking forward to San Diego State Creighton, Aztecs repping for the Mountain West. Download the app now. Sign up with the code DNVR. New customers bet $5. Get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with that code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Also, shout out to our friends at Jive Hive, the virtual dispensary on wheels. There's no brick and mortar stores, which means low overhead and lower prices for you, the customer. They can deliver to you wherever you may be. Been partying at your own home? Don't want to go out to the dispo? Have Jive Hive come to you. Maybe you just have a busy day at work, can't go to the dispo on that given day. Hit up Jive Hive, see if they can deliver to you 
wherever you may be. Just visit jivehive.com. That's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com and get your order delivered the same day or schedule a delivery window. They'll be there to say hi. Head on over to jivehive.com and enter your address to find out if Jivehive can deliver to your door. Now serving Aurora, Greenwood Village, Monument, Fountain, and various areas of El Paso County. That's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com. Don't drive, Jivehive. Love it. Love responsible vibes. That's the way to do it, folks. Don't risk it. Don't risk it. It's not worth it. All right, let's talk a little linebackers. We'll finish up with some safeties. Neither of these position groups, super, super deep. So we're not going to go super in-depth here. How many times can I say super in two minutes? We'll see. We're having a super splendid time on this pod. On Super Sunday. Love it. Love it. If if people are still listening to the pod by now, I'm amazed. (laughs) But uh, let's talk linebackers. Who stands out to you at off-ball linebacker? Who would be your most coveted guy? Uh, it's really, I mean, when we talk about this linebacker class, it's not great. Um, there's definitely been more impressive classes over the last few years we've been doing this show. Um, but if I had to pick a guy, I think I'm taking Drew Sanders out of Arkansas, the former Alabama player. Um, only really a one-year starter. Um, that was last year full time, which is why he left Alabama was to go to Arkansas. Um, but it had a good frame, has a great athletic score, had solid production last year in the year that he did start. Um, maybe a bit slender. You'd like to see him maybe add a bit more weight onto his frame. I he looks kind of smaller on film than he actually is. Uh, but then I look up and he's like 6'4, 230, it says that he's listed as. So obviously fine, has good length. Um, he can blitz off the edge. They do line him up at that edge position, kind of let him rush the passer time to time. Seems fine in coverage. He's a good mover. Um, so, you know, with this draft process, obviously you're, you know, you're taking into consideration the current production, but you're also projecting, of course. Um, in terms of that, that's why I have him probably as my favorite linebacker in this class. He was a machine for Arkansas this year, and it was kind of cool to see after, like you said, he basically been buried and on the depth chart at Bama got some playing time. It wasn't like he never saw the field, but was just kind of a rotational dude came in and especially run support scenarios. They would bring him on the field. And he's a, he's a really good tackler, solid athlete. He covers ground. Well, I am somewhat skeptical of that listing. What did you say is listed at? Um, Actually, give me a minute and I'll pull up the official combine. It's all right. He just, um, he feels, listening. he feels slightly slender based on what I remember about him. But he yeah, does, I, yeah, I think there's a pretty good chance that he's going to be a linebacker one just because he's so consistent. Like he's maybe not his ceiling, maybe not as high as, as you'd love on a first round linebacker, but you right. feel pretty solid that he's going to be a guy that can fill whatever role that you need. And I feel like he's pretty versatile too. I think in coverage, he is. He could be effective, maybe not necessarily going to shut down Travis Kelsey, but who is? Right. Um, so 6'4", 235, there is combine uh, measurements, which, I, I mean, wow. does that not surprise you? Exactly. Like, it surprised me when I read them. I would have um, guessed like 6'2", 220 or something. Right. He just doesn't look like a 6'4", almost 240-pound guy on tape, um, but he really wears it well. Uh, I agree, though. Very versatile. Um, and just, I mean, when you look at Daniel Jeremiah, he's been putting out these top fifties, you know, um, at least like once a month or so. And I think there's only been one linebacker in this top 50 and it's Jack Campbell, who we can, we can talk about right now, but 
Um, it's just not a very top heavy class. You know, I think I'd be surprised to see one of these guys go in the first round. I would too. I, I think they're just trying to spice it up for the sake of conversation. If, if you do add one in, I, I guess I'd go Trenton Simpson at a Clemson. I, I mean, you ran a four, four, three, which you love 25 reps on the bench. My only concern is I'm not sure he's actually going to be an off ball linebacker. I think he might be best suited right. to be on the edge. Yeah, he's a, he's a tough one, man, because you look at the athleticism, you look at the size. I mean, 6'2", 235, maybe, um, I mean, obviously smaller than Drew Sanders, but probably the more ideal, like, linebacker size. Um, you mentioned the 40, put up 25 reps on the bench. Um, he's obviously an athletic freak. I think he had a pretty good RAS score also. Um, so that stuff all checks out. Uh, he has the speed to rush, rush off the edge. He plays kind of a weird position, though. I don't want to call it like the, uh, the Isaiah Simmons position, but it, he will play like in that like weak side slot type of role, but he'll also like slide down on the edge too. Um, but he won't go back and play like safety like Simmons was doing. So not as versatile as him, but still a very versatile player. Um, again, this is a guy, I think it's just about projecting because when you look at the stats, um, a little bit underwhelming, but you look at the athleticism, you figure, you know, this is a guy who's only been playing a few years of football and you project from there. And I can see why a team would take a shot on him in the top 50. Um, I think I'd put Jack Campbell over him, but just barely. I mean, it's a clear top three. These guys are easily the top three linebackers in this class. And it's a pretty substantial drop off after. Yeah, I don't outside of those three, I'd be pretty surprised if we get more than what, maybe two, three other guys in the second, third round total. Like, it's just not going to be a very linebacker heavy draft. I think there'll be a nice run on guys and guys with some potential that you, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth round, but especially early on, this just isn't the strength of, of the class or of the draft. Exactly. No, it's, uh, I mean, there's guys worth talking about, you know, later on into day three, but as you mentioned, in terms of like, true like top 75 players um it's these top three and then i mean maybe you throw in someone like uh demarvian overshone a guy who's like a pure linebacker also someone like henry tuatua uh, is kind of like that too um noah sewell was kind of disappointing let's i want to go back to jack campbell real quick though because he is a top three player we should talk about him um pretty well he's a guy you know, I think of the other linebacker, Iowa linebackers we've seen in the past, most notably Josie Jewell, because he's a Bronco. Um, and he was kind of, you know, just a, a tackling machine, a guy who was always in the right spot, didn't really impress when it come to, came to athleticism and the measurements. But Jack Campbell, on the other hand, has excellent size. I mean, he's like around 6'4", 250. Um, he's got length, too. He has a great mind for the game, good instincts. He reads the quarterback's eyes really well and can get into passing lanes, has really just natural feel for the position in terms of flowing to the ball and like navigating through trash to the ball carrier. Um, I think he'd be a plug and play like middle linebacker in the NFL, which is why he's in this like top three area. Um, I don't think you can say that about a lot of these guys, just not as athletic as Simpson or Sanders doesn't really have that long speed or the twitch, which is why, I mean, He's going to be in this top three grouping, but he may be below uh, the other two for many, many people. It feels kind of like the Josie Jewell situation in Denver where you like everything about him as a linebacker. He just plays the position, but yeah, he's just 
physically he doesn't have the traits of these other guys, and that's why he'd be three for me on this list. But he's he just feels like a Big Ten linebacker. I know that's not the most astute right. analysis, but he is though. in a conference that produces like the prototypical middle linebacker. That's him. Any yeah, generation, yeah, you sure. could put this guy on the field and he would fit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's these Iowa football players, man. They're always really sound. Um, they know how to play their positions. They're always not the most athletic or the most impressive in terms of speed and, you know, range and stuff like that, but they know how to find the football. Um, who do you like outside of this top three, though? You mentioned Overshone. He'd probably be four for me just because I think his ceiling is is higher than what we've seen so far. I really like Dayon Henley. I don't know if he's going to yes. be a starting linebacker in the NFL, but I love his physicality. I love how he plays against the run. I think at the very minimum, he's a special teams player and a guy that could come in and be a rotational guy. I think fourth, fifth type round pick uh, played under... Norvell at Nevada before really starring at Washington State this past year. There aren't a ton, though. I mean, I, I still have some Noah Sewell stock that I'm holding on to. I know yeah. this past year was disappointing, but the frame, the athleticism, and we've seen him perform really high in big moments. It's just been a long time since we've seen it. Yeah, I'm with you on Dayon Henley. Um, just undersized, man. Barely over six foot. I mean, actually closer to six, one, but still six, one, two twenty five on a good day. Um, it's just small for a linebacker. I mean, I know we're getting smaller at the position, but still, uh, is concerning, you know, just to see that and projecting that as a starting NFL linebacker. I'm with you on Noah Sewell though. I'm still intrigued. I do almost wonder if he'd be better served, you know, playing more hand in the dirt, maybe just edge overall, uh, maybe a standing edge, um, him moving forward, you know, towards the line of scrimmage, he's a bowling ball and, and a problem. Um, I do, he has athletic, but it's, he's just not great moving backwards. Um, so he's kind of interesting because of that. Owen Papoe from, uh, Auburn, you know, a guy that actually has like the speed and the sideline to sideline ability, just as raw at the position, uh, maybe a little undersized too. Uh, who else do we got? Mohamed Diabade from Utah is a pretty good player. And then Anthony Orji uh, from Vanderbilt was just a guy that impressed me, you know, going through the drills at the combine. I think he had a pretty decent athletic score. Um, so that's a guy he's ranked on this website. I'm looking at this is pro football uh, networks, mock draft listing. He's at 229 on here. I don't know if that's, he, he's not that like seventh round linebacker. The athleticism alone is going to push him up. Um, but still raw nonetheless. So he's a guy I'd probably take a chance on too. One guy I'll throw out kind of as a transition from linebacker to safety before we get into that is Marte Mapu of Sacramento State. I don't know if he's kind of like Isaiah Simmons. He was all over the place, played defensive back, played a little bit of like nickel at times, was also playing inside linebacker at other times. He's got a weird frame but he was really active in every single aspect of their defense. He's rangy. He goes sideline to sideline. Again, this we're talking, you know, late picks at this point, but I saw him in person against CSU and I just, yeah. I couldn't stop watching him. And then all season, I kind of followed Sac State on their run. He was a beast. He had 76 tackles, 
six and a half were behind the line of scrimmage, two interceptions, a sack. He blocked a kick. Like he, he just was a stud and that's why he was the big sky player of the year and an AP first team all American. Love that man. Those small school guys that are just super athletic. Um, I mean, you'll be surprised at how high they get drafted sometimes. I, it wouldn't, I'm not quite as high as Troy Anderson out of Montana state. who I think went in the second round, yeah. but it wouldn't shock me if somebody kind of falls in love with Marte Mapu and he ends up going significantly higher than anybody expects going in. You heard it here first. J. Mike. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Before we get into the safeties as a whole, you know, we love our Breckenridge brews over at DNVR. We love it because they've been doing it for 32 years and they do it with love and passion. They just make good beer. It's made with 100% renewable energy. You got to love that. And you got to love the variety that they offer. They have a little bit of something for everybody. If you want just a classic avalanche amber ale, you can't go wrong. Summer's coming up. Perfect time to get the sours out. Jake and I are big mountain beach guys. It's just good for the vibes. You're by the pool. If you're maybe watching a baseball game, I mean, it's it's really just perfect. The the Nuggets playoff run is about to come up. Can't go wrong with a classic vanilla Porter Jr. Again, Avalanche Amber Ale, play on words. Whatever you want, check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com. Find a brew new, near you. They take all the inconvenience out of beer shopping, and they're just a great company. I love Breck. You love Breck. We all love Breck. All right, let's talk about safeties. Who's your guy? Well, let's just keep keep it simple, nice and light like last time. Yeah, um, I mean, Brian Branch, man, it's pretty clear for me. I mean, he probably, you know, he plays more slot and cornerback, I guess, technically. Uh, but in terms of what he does in that position, you know, he's able to cover deep down the field. He can make plays at the line of scrimmage, um, has good ball skills. I mean, I don't have it in front of me. Um I'll pull it up, but he had great ball production, I think, last year. I think he has something like 20 career pass breakups and six interceptions. Um, so he gets his hand on the ball, which, I mean, factors in huge for safety. Uh, so I like him a lot. And then, honestly, I think after him, I'd probably put Jordan Battle. I think I just put the two Alabama guys there, um, just trusting Nick Saban's coaching. I mean, Battle is a guy who I think can play some – both safeties. He can play strong or free. He plays plays around the line of scrimmage. He has solid uh, feet and, you know, is connected lower body to upper body in his coverage skills. Um, after that, we're, I mean, there's just gripes about all these guys. I think it's just not a great safety class this year. Yeah, I think, I think these are the best two safeties as well. I didn't want to go first because I didn't want to get called a Bama homer. So I had to see <laughs> no, if you went no. for it and then I could just follow you up. I think Brian Branch is a lot like Minka Fitzpatrick, and that's a pretty common comparison that I've seen thrown around, so I'm not trying to take credit for anything like right. that. I just think he's he's versatile, and he plays bigger than his size. He's quick, and he feels very much like a modern DB, and the fact that he can play in the slot, and the fact that I think you could really play him out wide at corner if you were desperate yeah. is, is a big sell. And I don't know, I just... There's like you said, there's reasons to gripe about all these other guys. I do like uh JL Skinner out of Boise State. That guy can hit. Dude, he's a missile coming downhill. Yeah. He doesn't have the coverage abilities of these other guys, though. And that's the problem yeah. this year. But he feels like a safety that in the late nineties, early two thousands would have just been a star. And on the the segment what was it jacked up he would have just been leading that every single <laughs> yes, time let's go but i'm i'm just glad that dude's 
no longer at Boise State. Um, outside of the Bama guys, and I guess I didn't really talk about Jordan Battle, but you pretty much hit it on the head. He's a guy that I feel like is just a, a victim of prospect fatigue. People have been right, really high been on him. him a while. And Branch had such a dominant run, especially down the stretch of that season, that I think he stole some of the shine. But it wouldn't surprise me if Battle actually was the first safety taken just because he is probably a, a true safety in that sense and could, you could play him at strong safety or free. Um, I don't know. Antonio Johnson at A&M, I guess. Yeah, wasn't a big fan, if I'm being honest. Wasn't a great tackler. Um, another one of those guys, kind of like Skinner, where it's like going towards the line of scrimmage and in the run game, yes, fine. Um, coverage downfield, it was just iffy, man. Um, on Skinner. Um, Skinner's a better tackler there. than Johnson is, though, just for the record. Oh, for sure. 100%. Um, it, it was just the senior bowl, man. I mean, I remember watching him in one-on-ones at the senior bowl, and it was just like, man, this guy really just does not have the feet to cover uh, one-on-one, which if you can't cover one-on-one and you're playing the secondary in the NFL, uh, good luck trying to make it work out. But the guy obviously has the ball production, 12 passes breaking up, seven interceptions, uh, forced three fumbles in his career. His um, instincts are good. He's one of those guys like on, in the field. He just, he always seems to drift into the right spot, whether it's for getting that PBU or just, you know, nailing somebody right as the ball comes in. Like, I don't know if he's necessarily going to shine in practice. And those kind of guys are, are gambles, you know, that they, oh, he's a gamer. But having watched right. him pretty frequently over the last couple of years, he does. He does look a lot better when you watch him playing actual football than he does, you know, in the combine and those scenarios. It's tough though at a position like safety. Yeah, man, it's it's hard. Um, who else do we have here? Sidney Brown. I mean, a little undersized out of Illinois, had great athletic small. scores. Yeah, he's pretty small. Had a nine point six six RAS score though. That was actually higher um, than Jordan Battle, who was the next highest guy, um, but only listed at five nine. Barely, I mean, 5'10 on a good day we're talking about here, 2'10. Um, so maybe he kind of, maybe it's just the hair. But it remind, he reminded me of Talanoa Hufanga a bit. Um, just because he was always around the ball, like making these crazy like interceptions and stuff. And he was able to make plays around the line of scrimmage. Um, but you just look at the size and you go, yeah, undersized. And maybe you kind of write him off because of that. Which is what we did with Talanoa Hufanga, I think, too. Um, so. Worth a shot, I guess, uh, you know, back into day two, into day three, early day three. Uh, but not a guy I'm willing to really pound the table for at this point. I just wonder if he's making those same plays at the next level when you're not playing right. the Sean Cliffords of the world. Right, exactly. Um, I'll throw up Brandon Joseph, too, from Notre Dame. I mean, he was a guy who two years ago when he was playing for Northwestern, I think he was ranked as like a top 30 prospect, uh, got hurt. Ended up transferring to Notre Dame. Had an okay season. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me. I'm jumping around a lot. Uh, but in terms of the athleticism, that's where I'm really kind of knocking him. Uh, really just not a good performance at the Combine. It was not as big as you would think he would be, too. Um, and then just looking at the stats now, it's just a drop-off from his North time at Northwestern. So his stock is really tanked. Um, it's been... I don't know. It's tough because you see these guys and you watch them on the field. Um, you saw what he did at Northwestern and it was impressive. And there are some flashes at Notre Dame, but then you, you know, bring it all together and look at it as a whole. And it's just underwhelming. 
When was the last time we had a truly impressive safety class? So and why is that? Back. With so much modern offense, you would think that that would be a coveted position, but it seems like the best athletes just inherently are going to be at corner these days. Right. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. And especially, you know, we're, we talk about positionless football on offense, and that's kind of how we're trending on defense too, right? Um, it's why these guys like Isaiah Simmons, why these guys like last year, Kyle Hamilton get drafted so high, you know, when you have the size, the athleticism, and you can kind of play multiple positions, you're just different in that respect. Um, but last year's class, you know, looking back, it was a pretty solid safety class. Like, so there were five guys that went in the top 50 last year, and there may not be, I don't know, three guys that go in the top 50 that are considered, you know, true safeties in this class. So it's it's just not a good class. I don't, it's just not up there in terms of talent. Um, I'm trying to pull up 2021 right now and look at this one. Uh, we have, yeah, Javon Holland, first one drafted at 36 overall. Um, we had a handful of guys go in that top 65 range, Richie Grant, Trevon Morig, um, and Andre Sisco. But yeah, it's just been underwhelming the last few years, I think. Maybe 2021 was just really ringing in the back of my mind, but it just, I don't know. I feel like we've been saying the same things for the safety class for three years now, or it's, oh, there's yeah. two guys I really like, and there's two more guys that I could talk myself into in the fourth, fifth round, and everybody else is probably a UDFA. Well, I mean, look at just how the draft is shooken up, too. I mean, I mentioned Tano Hufanga. Um, there's guys that are like that, though, that are just, but this safety position, it's, um, I don't, it's not, I don't want to say it's hard to project, but a lot of times it's just being a dog, man. And you can find dogs from the first round all the way to the, you know, undrafted ranks. Um, so it's just how it works out. I mean, looking at it last year. Yeah. I mean, Jalen Petrie at 37 to uh, Houston, you know, was one of those guys who was a dog, I think coming out. Um, he fit in well, but then the Broncos, you know, they take Delaire and Turner yell out of Oklahoma. Not really much from him. Uh, hasn't really been able to get on the field. So it's it just feels like a crapshoot, this uh, safety and drafting safety over the last few years. One last time, I'm going to shout out my guy, Marte Mapu, at a Sac State. I don't know if he's a DB or a linebacker, so he fits into this. He played all over the place for them. I could see him being a, a downhill type safety or just somebody they move all over the field. Like Jake said, in the era of positionless football, he feels like a guy that somebody's going to fall in love with and take advantage of his uh, skill set there. That's it, though. I think that's all we have covered. I hope everybody's had a nice little weekend here. It's been a lot of epicness in the NCAA tournament. I don't even know if that's a word. Epicness, that's how tired I am. It is now. It is now, damn it. Epicness. You heard it here first. <laughs> Shout out to everybody. Shout out to the presenting sponsors, DraftKings Sportsbook. We'll be back next week. Much love, y'all. Peace.